0: Right, good morning. I just turned it on, Don. As a preacher, a lot of times we we hate these microphones. Uh, I've heard preachers that left them on and, and really got embarrassed. By, <laughs> and I'm always getting up here and forgetting to turn it on, and they're back there, you know, going like this, and I have to turn it on, and... Well, Wednesday night, before I got up to preach, I thought, you know, I'm going to beat them to the game. So I'm going to be ready. And I switched it on. But then they sang another song. And I apologize to all those that were listening by live stream. You got a bass solo. <laughs> the probably didn't make a whole lot of sense. But uh, Anyhow. It's good to be with you this morning. you're going to have to put up with me, and you'll be able to rejoice when Andrew gets back this next week and uh, so, but pray with, pray for him. Uh, these mission conferences are so vitally important in our churches, um, especially when you know if you have a heart, it's one thing to come in and preach a message about missions uh, if you've never been a missionary, and you can do that, and pastors do that. But when you have a mission's heart, it's a whole different ballgame. And Pastor has that mission's heart. Uh, been on the mission field for 10 years over in Uganda. And, and so just pray that God will speak to hearts in that church and call some laborers to, to his harvest. That's what God asks us to pray for. Another missionary by the name of C.T. Studd um, was a missionary in India and also in China. And he spent many years down in Africa, and, and he ended up dying there. But many uh, quotes during mission conferences and things like this uh, are used. Uh, and like, there's only one life to will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. How many of you heard that before? Yeah, well, that's uh, one of C.C. C. Studd's uh, statements that he made. But most people don't realize that there, that's a poem, that he wrote, and there's actually nine stanzas. I'm not going to read all of them, so don't (laughs) worry. But I do want to share just a couple so you can get the context of what he's talking about, and even in our message this morning. It says, Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind will not depart, only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before His judgment seat. Only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I'm dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life was burned out for thee. And his light did burn out on the mission field there in Africa. What a wonderful man of God brought many, many souls to Jesus Christ has influenced So many preachers, so many missionaries through the years. Um, I'm not big on titles, but uh, I just kind of throw titles in there, you know, makes it sound good, I guess. And I thought, well, what in the world could I title this thing? So I just said, the game continues. The The other day we was watching... Uh, a little bit of football, and they, this one quarterback, somebody hit him, legal hit, just knocked a fire out of him. But he went down, hit his head, and you could see his, his arms, his hands, and everything. I mean, he had a concussion and, and really uh, messed up his brain. I'm not sure how he's doing now. But the quarterback got knocked out of the game. And guess what? The game continued. Don't make any difference if it's a center, if it's a tight end, if it's a guard, uh, defensive back. The game goes on, it continues. You have an actor. They said Angela Lansbury. How many know who that is? Uh, You Murder Mystery people. (laughs) She kicked the bucket the other day. They, they put, you know, just about one day they had her on the news, that, you know, that she died and everything. They have a saying in Hollywood, the show must go on. Hollywood didn't stop when Angela Lansbury died. I'm really shocked that it didn't stop when John Wayne died. But it didn't. The game continues on. Uh, remember when the president was shot and killed, within two hours we had a new president. Somebody as important as the president, the game goes on. It, life just doesn't stop when somebody important dies. I, I see people all over the world dying. I've, I've buried many young people to say, the age of these kids on the front row here over in Africa and And many middle-aged and older people. And yes, their families grieve, and they're they're sad to see them go. But the game goes on; doesn't stop. My mom, she was 99 when she died. My dad kicked a bucket when he was 61, and we miss them. I'm not trying to make light of that at all. But listen to me. The game goes on. When they died, it was it. That was it. It was all over. And whatever they had accomplished in their entire life, now it's the time of reckoning. The game is going to go on. So, so, what if that was me? Loretta Lynn kicked the bucket the other day. You know, all the country radio stations are still going. All the country folks, they're, they're still. Life goes on. But what if that was me? And let's say they buried me on Friday, last Friday. What if it was you that died yesterday? Now, we talk about are you ready to meet the Lord? And I dare say most people are not ready to meet the Lord. I'm talking about Christians. We're not ready to meet the Lord as much as we think we are ready. And I begin to ask myself, well, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of life? What's this, what's it all about? If you turn your Bible to the book of James, chapter 14, or excuse me, chapter 4, there's not 14 chapters in James. James chapter 4 and verse number 14. Powerful verse. I remember when I memorized this back in college, this verse, and and it really meant something to me then, but The older I have become, the more impact it's had in my life. Because it says, whereas, he's summing something up. He's going to really give us a statement here. He says, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. I I think I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I got it planned out. I hope I'm going to be around tomorrow. But I do not know if I'm going to be there tomorrow. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? May I ask you this morning, what is your life? And I want you to think seriously and hard about that. What is your life? It's even a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We have a short time on this earth compared to a lot of things in eternity. Will there be a tomorrow? I got sick the other day and I mean I, I was so dizzy. I mean I couldn't, I couldn't even listen to the radio because everything would just spin in my head. I just, I couldn't function. I just, you know, but drove me nuts. You say it did. No. <laughs> but the more, the older I get, the more you think about things like that. And I, and I would sit there and I'd think, well, what if it's it? What if something's happened in my body and, and, and the lights go out? and you you look back and you kind of evaluate or reevaluate your life and everything uh, they they're talking about this nuke threat and stuff like that now honestly that don't scare me a whole lot politicians scare me but i remember you know, we was looking at the advertisements there, advertisements, whatever they call them, announcements, and and we're going to go out door knocking. Okay, let me just tell you, every church member should be there. Every church member should be there, and I'll explain why as we as we go through this. I remember when Bob, uh, Creech and I was. Uh, outdoor knocking one time on one of these these same things. Now Bob's back was messed up and 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 so he wasn't doing too good. And that's when I was using my cane and I couldn't get around too good. So <laughs> we'd kind of swap. One day if it was a stairs, you know, I might go up the stairs cause, and he'd stay down by the street. And the next time if it was a good one, well, he'd take it, you know. And we uh, was quite a pair. But we went. And I remember one, one of the people that was, that was on our street there. She's dead now. Here we're taking the gospel to people. And you think you just, you're just out here passing out tracts and stuff. She's dead. She has no more opportunity to receive Christ it's all over but the game goes on Eaton didn't stop for her the, Ohio didn't come to a standstill when, when, when she died and it's not going to stop when you die life kind of revolves around us but when we really take a good look at it there's, there's not much there I remember just a few weeks back, uh, you you know, we we look at older, us older people, and we start thinking about heart attacks. We think about, you know, all this stuff and disease and uh, all kind of stuff, and and we're we're getting ready to die. I figure I may have 12 years at the max. Some of y'all may not have this year or next year. And we, we go through life in, in kind of an oblivion. We just we, we don't stop and look at life and where we're at in this, this life. The local pastor's son, 18 years old, died right here in Eaton. He thought he was going to probably go to college. He probably had big plans, gonna get married, gonna, you know, have a girlfriend, get married, all this, have kids, whatnot. Dead. But you know what? Life goes on, the game keeps going. And so, what I'm wanting you to do is, I'm wanting you to think what if your life is over today? It's a sobering thought. It's not one of them joyful messages, you know. And it, 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 I want you to really think. What do you have to show for your life? Just got an email yesterday, I think it was, one of our, our, our missionary uh, ladies, Lynette, she's uh, going to Africa and, and she got a message. Her dad was killed in a car wreck the day for yesterday. Her life doesn't stop. She's still going to Africa. She has to have a pause for, for maybe a week and, and, and go to the funeral and stuff. Many times when, when my grandparents died and stuff like that, we was on the mission field. We didn't come back. Why? You, you, we couldn't. We didn't have the money. The, you didn't have the transportation like we, we do now. Uh, all these things. Life goes on, the game continues. So what do you have to show for your life? I've been, I've been saved 48 years. That's a long time, boys. <laughs> 48 years. And I look back at my life. I say, God, what, what have I done with my life? What, what, what have I accomplished? In my life. And it scares me to death. To stand before the Lord. And to see how little. That I have accomplished for God. And how much more. That I could have and I should have. Accomplished for Christ. I mean. Well well, what what do we have? Well we have things. We got money, we've got 401ks, we've got retirement programs, we've got bank accounts, we've got savings accounts, all this, we've got cars, we've got homes, you know, all those things. You can't take those things with you. When you die, the game continues, and none of that goes with you. Achievements, you may have a great education. Big deal. I've got several degrees. With that and about five dollars you can get a decent cup of coffee. (laughs) Buildings. Old people get involved in, in all kinds of stuff and boy they built this building. Can you tell me who built the courthouse? They forgot all about who it was. Back in that time it was a big deal. Can you tell me who built Walmart here? Don't just say Walmart. <laughs> People have done great things. Nobody remembers them. Because the game goes on. People spend their, their life just pouring their, their, their time and their focus and their life into careers. And they build this, this career and, and they start feeling comfortable and boy they can do this and do that. I'm telling you, you can't take your career with you. The game continues and your career is done. Some people, actors, politicians, they think they're fame and everything and they work so hard to maintain their fame and, and people maintaining their beauty in some. Some need a little help, others, well, you can't take it with you. You have your sports people, man. That uh, they this guy made so many points; he was so good. Kobe Bryant went out like that, and you know what? The basketball association continued without him. The game went on. I don't make any difference how home, how many home runs you make, how how much prestige. how how much money, all this stuff. You cannot take any of that with you. It is all gone. And the game goes on. People may remember your work or what you've done for a little while, but it'll fade. And then they won't even remember your accomplishments at all. Most folks don't get a book written about them, so they're not... Anything hanging around to remember them by. So what's left? What's left when you you die? You've got two things. Two things is all you've got. Number one, your soul. If you are not saved this morning, I want to help you if you are not saved, you will bust hell wide open. You will spend an eternity in the lake of fire. Not because I said it, because God said it. God, God loves you and he, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. To, to pay for your sins so that you wouldn't have to. But if you want to get proud and puffy and say, no, no, I don't want him and I'm going to do it my way. I got news for you. Your game's going to come to the end one day. And that's it. Now what do you got? You don't even have a soul. To offer God. So if you're here this morning. And Dr. Lee Robertson. He used to say. And 75% on any given church day. And he had about 10,000 people in his auditorium. Is 75% of my church members are going to hell. I thought he was. I thought that. That pushing it. Until I become a pastor. And after you get to know people. You, you see. There's a lot of people that profess. But there's a whole lot of people. There is no proof. There's nothing. Outside of. I'm a Christian. We have people all over this city. All over, all over the, the, the county. All over the, the state. That say I'm a Christian. Many of them are going to die and go to hell. Lord, Lord, have we not? He says, I never knew you. So I want you to evaluate this morning. I really want you to think some of these things through. You you cannot take any of these things with you. Outside of your soul, there's only one other thing you can take. And that is your influence, bringing people to Jesus Christ. You can bring others to eternal life through Jesus Christ. By your witness, by your your testimony, your actions, by, by whatever means, you can influence somebody to come and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So outside of your soul and your influence to bring somebody to Christ tell me one thing you can bring. Tell me one thing that's going to go with you. Zero. So now what we've got to do is we've got to get eternity in perspective here. Because we don't have it in perspective. Now Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This passage of Scripture is so just in your face. It is so blatant. It is so clear that all of us can get a hold of this thing. He says. For we must all appear. Not one person can be left out. For we must, it is a requirement, we must all appear. Every one of us is going to do this. He says, but where? Before the judgment seat of Christ. If you're a Christian, every one of us will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now watch what he says, that everyone, no one is exempt, no Christian is exempt, may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done. What we have done on this earth, what we have done in this body in our life and through our life, he says, whether it be good or bad, he's keeping the records. He knows whether it's good or whether it's bad. He knows whether it's good motives or wrong motives. He, he sorts it all out. He knows exactly what's right and wrong. But look at verse 11. Knowing therefore. Whenever you see the word therefore, stop and find out what it's there for. Based on what he has just said. About appearing before the judgment seat of Christ. He says knowing therefore. The terror of the Lord. We don't know who we're dealing with. One of my brothers. Well me and Jesus got our own thing going. No. No. Whenever you find the men of God in the Bible and they come into the presence of God, you find them flat on their face before a holy God. You have them removing their shoes because it's so holy. It, 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 God's When you come into God's presence, when you realize who God is, it brings the fear of God in the hearts of men and we've lost our fear of God. He said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, what? What's he say we do? We persuade men. That's that second thing you can take with you. We try to bring people to Jesus Christ. We try to influence them in, in, through our lives and through our testimony that they would be so much better off that they could have eternal life by coming to Jesus Christ and giving them their heart and their life that they might be saved and have eternity in heaven. We persuade men. Tell me anything else you can take. Nothing. Your soul. And persuading men. And he said every one of us Christians are going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And give an account of that that we have done in the body. Whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade men. Can you, can you get a hold of that? Now now stop and think with me. I don't know how long you've been saved. I I had to stop and figure it up for myself. Forty-eight years. And I and I had to go back in my life from the time I received Christ as my Savior in Bethel Baptist Church, September twenty-first, nineteen seventy five. What do I have to show of my life that I've persuaded men? Because that's all I can take with me. And what I want you to do this morning is I want you to think back in your mind not what education you got, not where you went to school, not who your parents are, heritage makes no difference in this, not, not what buildings you've been, what, what business you, what career, none of that. I want you to go back and stop and think from the time you got saved until today. Who have you persuaded? How are we doing? Have we ever brought anybody to Christ? Are we really influencing people? People say, well, do I have to do this? Well, I... you don't have to do nothing. You have a free will. But we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And what are we going to give account of? whether we persuaded men or not, whether we've influenced them to come to Christ or lived our life the way we wanted to and actually many times turned them away from Christ. People, this is, this is bottom line basic stuff. Think about eternity. Who am I reaching for Christ? Ye- yesterday or Friday and Saturday, a lot of the men went up to this men's conference. And one of, the, one of the fellows, one of the preachers, he held up a card that had a whole list of names of people on his list that he is trying to bring to Christ. If I give you a piece of paper, would you even have one name? People that you are seriously trying to bring to Christ? My pastor, Dr. Paul Chapel, out in California, when I was there on staff, we all had a sweetheart list. And it was names of people that we were praying for seriously to get saved and to And and trying to reach them, to bring them to Christ. When I was over in Africa and teaching uh, our nationals, we had what we called a a friend uh, campaign type thing. And I would have them, I'd have our people get a a piece of paper and write down ten people, ten friends, family members, whoever it is, ten of them that you know are lost or probably are lost. that you're going to pray for and that you are going to make an effort to win them to Christ. you know why we're not seeing people saved? We're not trying. If, if we're thrown into a situation to where we have to say something about God or we have to witness or something, then we'll do it. But we have no plan of attack. I'm teaching a cultural anthropology class for West Coast online right now. And one of their assignments is that they will pick a country... And that they will look in the the culture and different aspects of the country and find out what is the hindrance or what will hinder them in presenting the gospel in that country. And once they find that out, then they must build a strategy so that they can figure out how to get around those problems, those hindrances... So that they can effectively present the gospel in that country. What's your strategy? You say, well, the people are just hard to witness to. Well, we know that all over the world. But what's your strategy? What's the obstacles that you're facing in getting the gospel to people and they're there? So identify them and then build a strategy how you can actually get around those or work with them in order to get the gospel to these people. And you know, we start seeing people saved left and right. I challenge every one of you, when you go home today, and you probably have maybe a name or two in mind right now, Write down a list of those people. Begin to bathe them in prayer. And, and make every effort to win those people to Christ. You might have to say, Brother now can you go and visit this guy with me? Uh, Brother Don, let's, uh, uh, could you help me with this guy? You, you'd relate to him, you know. Uh, but make whatever attempt how you build your strategy, how you can bring somebody, influence them to come to Jesus Christ. That's the only thing you can take with you to heaven. Not what style you have, not what how good you are, not how... Whether you've witnessed, whether you've influenced, whether you've brought people to Jesus Christ. And that's Bottom line. Now. Could God use you. Where you're working. Could God use you in your neighborhood. Could God use you in your family. And in your friends. Yes he can. He wants to use you. We have to simply avail ourselves of him. And allow him to work through our lives so that we can win people to Jesus Christ. Some of the best soul winners you've ever seen are teenagers. You know, we give them bad rap all the time. No, no. Some of the best soul winners I've seen are, are young people. They're bold. When they get a hold of that, they're not afraid to go out. My new Christians over there in Africa and Uganda. I mean, they'd get saved, and two weeks later, they're, they're ready to tackle a, a, a Muslim head-on. I mean, tablik Muslims, they're the bad guys, and they'll tackle them head-on. Why? They want them to get saved. They're, they know that they got saved. They might not know the whole book. You don't have to know the whole book. I led my first person to Christ, never had a clue of what I was doing. But I was able to take what just little I knew and give them my testimony how they had led me to Christ in the church. And Kathy received Christ and served the Lord for years. I don't know where she's at now. But you have to start, you have to become aware of eternity and not just aware of politics, not just aware of the community. Not just aware of yourself and, uh, and your little world around you. You have to become aware of souls. Becoming aware of eternity. Because folks, I don't know when you're going to die. I don't know when I'm going to die. I may have 12 years left if the average figures out. I'm 73 years old. I don't know if I'll be here next week. And I can't go back and change what I've messed up. I can't go back and and change what I have not done. But I can change from this point forward. And I I can become aware of eternity and the souls that are around me that are going to hell left and right. And get them the gospel. And it's their decision. It's not up to you whether they get saved. You you give them the gospel. They have to make that decision themselves. But God says we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a command. And so as we become eternally aware that these are souls that are going to hell. And that God has given me the responsibility to reach them. He's put, you, you're, not, you're not responsible for reaching the rest of the world. You're, God has given you a sphere of people. But you're responsible for those people that he has placed within your sphere. Now, some of you could go and reach people in another country. You say, well, wait a minute, you're talking about missions? Yeah. What exempts you? Why not? Why not you? Why is it always somebody else? Well, I have a job, so did we. Well, I had, had a family, little kids, so did we. Well, I had family back home. So did we. But you have a world that is lost and that will never hear of Jesus Christ unless somebody goes. I've had two, two different phone calls here the last couple of weeks saying, Pastor, thank you so much. I remember... Forty years ago when you was over in Spain, you took me off in this little room and you gave me the gospel and led me to Christ. Another guy, Brother Vinnie, calls he said, you have so influenced my life. I saw on Facebook they had a thing, what, what, what men have, have influenced your life? And it just out of the blue just shocked me. Brother Pope said, Brother Stens, this has influenced my life, Brother Stenson and Brother Woodfield. We work missionaries over Africa or in Europe together. Who have you influenced for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Who do you plan to influence? Maybe God wants you to go to the mission field. Why not you? What excuse do we have? This is what God says is the only thing we can take to glory with us outside of our own soul are those that we have influenced and brought to Jesus Christ. We've got to start thinking about eternity because every season is going to come to an end. Unfortunately, football season comes to an end. The Chiefs' season will go longer than most because they'll be in the playoffs for the Super Bowl. Who won the other night, brother? hmm <laughs> Every game is going to come to an end. Every season is going to come to an end. And every one of our lives has an end what do you have that you've done with your life? To stand there before almighty God. It's not just going to be Moses. It's not going to be Paul. It's just not going to be Peter and and James and some of these people. It's going to be you and me standing there before a holy, righteous God that gave Everything gave his life for us. And he said, What have you done with your life? Every one of us will stand at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of that that we've done in this body. Good or bad, but he gives us a clue. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, if we have a, a, an honest fear of God in our heart, we will persuade men because we know that we were going to hell as fast as we could run, and somebody took the gospel and showed us how to be saved. They influenced our lives, they brought us to Jesus Christ. You can stand there empty handed. With nothing. I want you to think. I want you to go back and say. How long. Have I been saved. And what have I done for eternity. What have I done for Jesus Christ. You may be here and you're not even saved. And you think this is all just a big joke. Well, one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Christ is Lord. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly, righteously, And godly in this present world. Looking for the blessed hope. That hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to stand before him. We're looking for his coming. If we believe that he's coming. I mean not just with words. But we really believe that He's coming. We'll persuade men. We'll do these things. Iron Judson said this, and I'll close with this. Said a life once spent is irrevocable. It will remain to be a completed or con- contemplated through eternity. The same may be said of each day. When it's past, it's gone forever. All the marks which we put on it, it'll be exhibited forever. Each day will not only be a witness of our conduct, but will affect our everlasting destiny. How shall we then wish to see such a day marked with, un, with useful, uselessness? It is too late to mend the days that are past. The future is in our power. Let us then each morning resolve to send the day into eternity in such a garb as we shall wish to wear forever. Adniren, one of the greatest missionaries of all times, he had it down. Every day, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but every day we should live as if that's the last day. And try everything we can. To bring people to Jesus Christ. Because that's all we can take with us. Father in heaven. I don't know the hearts. Of people. But like. C.T. Studd said. Only one life. Will soon be passed. Only what's done. For Christ. Will last. Father these men had a. An insight into your scriptures and into that walk with you. Lord, we have some wonderful people in our churches. Lord, many are serving you with a fervent heart. I thank you for them. But Lord, as I look at my life, I can do more, I can do more to influence people with the gospel. To serve Christ. Lord I pray that you would help us. To seriously take a look at our life. And realize the games will continue without us. But we will stand before you. With heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. You may be here this morning. And you have never put your faith and trust. In Jesus Christ as your savior. You don't know for sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven. God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on that cross, to shed his blood, to pay for your sins and mine. And he said, if you will simply receive me as your savior, realizing that there's no other way you can be saved outside of Christ. He said, I'll give you eternal life. I'll save you. Why would you build up pride and say, no, I can do it myself. We can't do it ourselves. If you're here this morning and you're not sure that you're going to heaven. You're not sure that if you died today that you would be in heaven with the Lord. Would you just slip your hand up and take it right back down? I'll not point you out. I'll not embarrass you in any way. I want to pray for you. I mean that. I want to pray for you. Is there one? Christian. Who's on your list? Do you have a list? Will you make a list? How's your life? Father, I pray that you'll speak to all of our hearts. Lord, make this a day that. From this day forward, you'll change our lives and work in each heart. Bringing people to Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.